What's going on, y'all? What's going on? What's going on? It's going, 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 going. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway, what's going on, everybody? What's popping? We are definitely in a mind shift Monday. I appreciate y'all for tuning in today. I have a very special, special, special um, Mind Shift Monday today. We're going to get into some business, all right? The heart and soul of the reason why I do a lot of what I do in business. So I'm going to go ahead and just vibe for a second. Um, so that way, if anybody want to come in. But again, I appreciate you guys for tuning into Mind Shift Monday here on YouTube live all right and we'll get started in a few seconds all right so the topic for today is alcohol in the beverage industry and the unconscious conscious transfer of wealth i figured i wanted i wanted to this came to me and i wanted to get into it because there was this you know <laughs> It's the same song that you that we've probably heard over and over again, depending on like the type of people that you listen to or the type of information that you like to research or go into or you know, it just depends on what type of information you receive, right? But for my mind, being between spirituality, business, artists, like being an economic, we're gonna say economics, right? Being right there in that center point always pulls me into different industries. And so um, I wanted to go ahead and talk more about the alcohol and beverage industry because this Casamigos thing got y'all in a chokehold. <laughs> like for real, not just Casamigos, but every type of alcohol, right? And so I'm not doing this to nitpick at people that drink alcohol. I'm not because why would I do that? Okay. You know, I, I'm not doing, that's not what I'm here for. This is more about money. Okay. The unconscious conscious transfer of wealth. So this is almost like a storytelling, right? Where I'm just going to point out a few things for us. So that way we can see how, you know, even as they promote it as a lifestyle brand, right? Like how long did he been promoting Ciroc, okay? As a lifestyle brand, you know what I'm saying? And Ciroc been booming, okay? And we buy into these things. We buy into the celebrity of these things. We buy into the influence of these things, right? And, it, and it's, but alcohol long before, any celebrity came around before they even got smart and decided to promote it, you know, whether it was in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, alcohol has always been around, right? Prohibition, all right, even before prohibition, right? But mainly in the US, like things really, really started booming around prohibition or when it got really violent. They were just like, yo, this is just too much violence. We're going to go ahead and just we'll go ahead and legalize a few things okay so i want to just bring some attention not only that 
but I wanted to make sure to hit on some points as far as like, if you are going to be a consumer, then also invest in the producers. Like don't just consume and don't have any investments in the people you're purchasing from. Like get your money back. You know, even if it's just in dividends, like get your money back. Okay. Even if it's, you know, literally get your money back. How much money did you spend last year in alcohol? Right. Like if you went to your bank right now, and was like, let me tally up all the alcohol that I bought. Okay. $5,000, you know, or a thousand dollars or however much, I don't know how much I spent. Some people spend more. $5,000 might just be a bottle. I don't know. Some people, they may already be invested in certain things. So this is only relevant to people who just want to have the awareness and be conscious of their decisions, right? And their choices that they're making, you know, when they are partaking, right? As a consumer, okay? As a consumer, right? And also how you can partake as a as an investor, right? Because there are a lot of small businesses, wineries, breweries, right? That are coming about. And, you know, they are looking for investors, right? You can become a partner. You can just invest in wine the same way like in real estate or the same way like in art, you know? So... And at least if you invest in it and something happens where the whole stock market is closed or something, at least you got some wine that you can drink or you might, can, you know, barter for wine. So I don't, you know, you make your choices. You make your choices. As always, my key thing is let's go ahead and do your own research. All right. Do your own research. My key thing is always do your own research. Okay. So welcome to Mind Shift Monday where I basically bring a higher perspective as a way of thinking, seeing things, because we exercise everything else. So why not exercise the way that we think and, again, see things, right? That way, you can never say you didn't know, but consciously making a choice to do something or making a better choice from your awareness can literally change your life, right? So that's where we are. All right, so I appreciate y'all for tuning in and let's get into it. All right, so let me go ahead and take this down. So again, today we're talking about the alcohol and beverage industry. I don't have any pictures today. I'm not gonna do it. Um, the alcohol and beverage industry and the unconscious conscious transfer of wealth, all right? So, so the first thing that I wanted to bring about was, is basically how much is the alcohol industry worth, all right? How much is the alcohol and beverage industry worth? And so it's roughly, it's not really a lot. I know somebody's like, it ain't a lot. But I'm just saying in business, like you have billionaires with more money. That's all I'm saying. So um, the alcohol beverage industry is worth $1.684 billion. 
So basically, one billion six hundred eighty-four. Yeah, billion dollars. <laughs> All right, and that's actually what it's expected to be by twenty twenty-five. So I think it's like four hundred less. I mean, two hundred less. So yeah. All right, so. Let me keep going here. So 16.5% is like basically total beverage production. 80% of the market consists of malt beverages. Y'all know what malt beverages are, okay? Wine and spirits is 20%, all right? That's big. Malt beverages are 80%. I can see that though, because everybody got somebody in their family that's going to have a malt beverage in their hand every day. I know somebody's like, look, I'm just saying, if malt beverages is 80%, that's all I'm going to say. And wine and spirits is 20%. So we sit up here really thinking that alcohol is a big deal like alcohol like vodkas and tequilas and rums and all that type of stuff you know liqueurs but it's really the malt beverages that's the big deal in the market okay so let me i might pipe down i ain't gonna go hard on the casamigos game okay so <laughs> so um China claims 85% of the market and serves 1.35 billion consumers, right? And I can see that in China, you know, they, you know, or like the Asian consumer, like the malt beverage and or just them producing. Shout out to China, man. I mean, I have to say, I don't, I'm not saying it because I'm with them. I'm just saying that, that here they go again, producing something. Like, dang, now every time I go, now I'm about to go to a liquor store and be like, let me see what this was made in China. Let me see if this was made in China. <laughs> Which what was really made in China, right? But then again, shout out to all the U.S. exporters because U.S. is a major exporter of alcohol beverages, right? So let's keep going. And I have some references after this video. All right, so... The top alcohol producing countries, right? The top alcohol producing countries. So the alcohol industry represents a global market that is led by China. Again, the country produces 46.5438 million kiloliters, which is roughly 12 billion, roughly 12 billion gallons. All right, per year, it has dominated the market for the past 12 years. Okay, past 12 years. All right, that's a lot of water. That's a lot of liquid. 12 billion gallons per year. 12 billion gallons. Just drinking, all we're supposed to do is drink one gallon of water a day. Right, that's 365 gallons. Okay, we're not even going to keep completing uh, mathematical equations right now. <laughs> All right, so the United States produces half that value. 
All right, so about six billion. China has increased its production by 4.9%, which means that it will lead the industry for now. It is literally, they like, hey, China is in the lead and they're going to keep going. They are increasing their production by 4.9%. All right. Now, would this be because they control majority of liquor stores? That's my question. Would this be because they control majority of the liquor stores? I don't even know if it's around the world. Like, I don't know if it's set up the same way it is here in America. Or I'm going to say Atlanta. We're going to bring the local. Okay. Like, because I know in Atlanta, you go to the regular uh, liquor store and they're either going to be um, Arabian, you know, Arabs, or they're going to be Asian, Chinese. So it's giving like, because that's the biggest thing when you are in business, like even with technology or just in business general, when you have a product, it's always great to have a location, right? Or have locations. So you can distribute your own stuff through your own network and get directly to the people your way, right? You know, going through another party is cool too, you know, because, you know, you got gas stations, right? And other liquor stores, you know, you got your towers, packages, you got your wine libraries and your wine, um, you know, whatever those new spots that's popping up where it's just like wine forever. So it's like, um, you know, having a physical location where you can distribute, you know, all the alcohols and just everything and still put your stuff in there too, you know, is a win-win. So, you know, I was just wondering like, but I'm sure that's still not like, um, that still doesn't account for the sales and just their production overall, right? Because we think in global. And then also, I'm sure that a lot of this goes back to, if y'all ever seen the series Boardwalk, you know, which just basically focuses on the prohibition era, you know, when alcohol was pretty much prohibited and everything went haywire, right? It was just violence and mayhem, right? So alcohol has always been a way for people to earn money over the table and under the table, right? Because, you know, I, we have grandparents or people in general who in that era where they were running numbers and, you know, they get off work and they selling, you know, they selling shots of alcohol. They got a little bar, they selling, you know, it's late, the liquor store closed, who got the drinks, or I just need a shot, you know, so this has always been a way for people to make money over and under the table, right, and even just your regular bars and stuff, but we just talk, we just kind of just, you know, dating the time frame of the importance of alcohol in our society, right, so, 
beer and wine actually became legal March 22nd, 1933, which was that prohibition era when they were finally like, it's just been too much going on and we're going to go ahead and um, we'll go ahead and just legalize this first and then everything else trickle down. All right, so the industry is also a significant employer in the U.S. This is the part, this is another part too that I wanted to think about. This is now, this is like an unconscious, conscious effort because you're buying out. We don't never, we really don't take the time to understand the processes of the things that we're doing. I think people do understand, but it's like, after a while, it's like, it's automatic. It's like AI. It's automatic. It's like, it's something that you don't even have to think about no more. It's like, yeah, I know. I get my delivery. My package is going to be at the door because it's automatic. There's a system in place that Amazon runs. And then next thing you know, or whoever runs, and next thing you know, package delivery driver, home, door, okay? Instacart, somebody go do it, home, delivered. You know what I'm saying? But it's just those processes are so profound. Those logistics, right? That logistical side of how things get to us, right? Even food, like, you know, just the whole process that it has to go through to get to us, right? Whether it's fresh, whether it's organic, it doesn't matter. There's a process for it all. And sometimes I think that we undermine those processes, you know, which is why every now and again, you know, we'll have this um, thing that comes across the news to tell us, oh, this is going to happen or this food um, will be discontinued or won't be available, you know, or try and get people in a panic about different things. But I just feel like if we show more gratitude to the process. Not saying like, I know somebody like, what you want me to do? Walk up to the manufacturer and, you know, and, and give them a tip since we tipping everybody nowadays, right? Like, I'm like, nah, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm more so saying that I'm just bringing the awareness of appreciating the process, okay? Because when you're in business, you have to appreciate the process, right? You have to appreciate the fact that you got to hire someone. You have to appreciate the process that you have to put programs and softwares and hardwares and machines and all of this stuff into place to meet the customer's demand, right? The supply and demand, right? So as a consumer, you know, this business is working very hard to meet your demand, right? So, you know, a lot of people get mad and, about capitalism and all that type of stuff, but you still, there are certain things that you're still doing that ties into it regardless. So sometimes you just got to get real and just like actually look at everything and say, you know what? For the people that's actually in between that process, the people that's actually packaging this thing, that's actually making the deliveries, the people that go unnoticed, but we know they're working their ass off, you know, probably getting paid okay, you know, or they getting paid well, you know, salute to them, all right? You know, salute. 
I'm sure everybody, like, anybody can do that job. We'll go do it. Okay, go do it. If anybody can do that job, go do it. And we'll wait right here. Okay, so. But anyway, so the industry is also a significant employer in the U.S., creating 2.3 million jobs, not including manufacturers and distribution, where the jobs are much higher. So 2.3 million jobs is not even dealing with manufacturing and distribution. That's probably just dealing with bars. That's probably just dealing with delivery and just the regular day-to-day -day handoff, right? Again, that's not dealing with the manufacturer and distribution. And they say jobs are much higher, right? So that means that's a whole nother double 2.3 million. In the UK, 490,000 people are employed by bars, pubs, and clubs. Half the industry jobs are tied to the production and sale of beer. All right. So this accounts for 2.5% employment numbers in the country, any country, which is still small, but not when the population is in the hundred millions and even billions, right? All right. So, because it could be, that's like a quarter. That could be like a quarter of, we'll just say 2.5 billion or something like that. Don't do your own research. I did my research. You can go further. All right. This is not the end all be all. This is just the tipping point to get you somewhere or to just bring awareness. All right, so let's get into some brands, right? Let's get into some brands. Now, if you're interested in actually investing in the stock market, investing in some companies that you've heard of, you've heard of their brands before, and you actually want to involve yourself in, you know, consuming and, you know, creating wealth, you know, or being involved in that transfer of wealth. Like, well, shoot, if I'm going to be buying from them, I might as well be investing my money, too, so that way I can get some type of return. All right. Well, then here we go. All right. So I'm going to name a few brands and then I'm going to let you know the um, the drinks or the, well, their brands that they have in their portfolio. All right. So we have Constellation Brands. All right. And again, do your own research. This is not investment advice at all. This is just entertainment only. It is facts because I will have references, but you do your own research and go from there. So, and also, just so you know, on the stock market, anything dealing with alcohol, let's see, yeah, anything dealing with alcohol, um, and it's two other things. Those are basically called sin stocks. Yeah, sin, sin stocks, okay? Now, I want to get the other word for you guys. Yeah, basically marijuana, tobacco, gambling, and weapons manufacturers. All right, those are called, they basically alcohol falls into that category as well called sin stocks. And obviously, it's very clear why it's called that. But um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into the brand. So we have Constellation Brands. 
We have uh, basically their ticker is STZ and they are based out of New York. They are one of the biggest liquor companies in North America. They have 100 brands in their portfolio like Robert Madavi, Opus One, Clos de Bleu. I think y'all know what that is. That's clear. No, that's not Clicos. <laughs> but um, then they have beer brands that include Corona, Modelo Especial, and Pacifico. Then they have alcohol brands such as Seveca Vodka, Casa Noble, Tequila, and High West Whiskey. They also have 38.6% stake in Canopy Growth, a cannabis company. And I looked at that company. They got a lot of stuff going on. So it's, it's pretty all right. You can, if you're looking for P&L and ratios and all that stuff, just do your own research, baby. All right, so we have Brown Foreman Corporation. The ticker is BF.B, okay? Um, they have Jack Daniels, El Himidor, Finlandia, and they have a 30-year track record of dividend growth and... Who doesn't want to get some dividends, all right? So we also have Diageo, PLC. That ticker is D-E-O. They're based out of London. They're the world's largest liquor distributor and the second largest distiller. So they have notable brands such as Johnny Walker, Crown Royal, J&B, Smirnoff, Bailey's, Kettle One, and Captain Morgan. And they also used to own Pillsbury and Burger King in 2000. Those are part of their food operations. So, yeah, that's interesting to find. That was interesting to me when I found that out. So next we have Pranad Richard S.A. And this is under the EPA. So um, the ticker will be R.I. And so this is a French base. Company, their third largest wine and liquor seller after Diego Diageo and United Spirits Limited. Next, we have y'all favorite Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, okay, um, EPA MC is the ticker. So this Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy is a French conglomerate specializing in luxury goods and alcoholic beverages. And this is the part where I really was just like, now none of these brands own Casamigos or any of these popping, new popping alcohols that people drinking at this time. I don't know what they are. Because um, I just, I don't, I don't know. But I know Casamigos, they, I went on YouTube and I was, I typed in Casamigos. I couldn't get no business information because it's nothing but songs on Casamigos. And I was like, oh, really? I hope y'all was getting paid for this. I hope y'all, but I mean, I guess so. If you're streaming on YouTube, if you got your streams up, then you about to get paid off of Casamigos, right? This sounds like an AI debate. Should you be able to get paid off of using the brand's name in a song? But I mean, you promoting the brand, so it's like a, it's like a, it's like a two for two because the brand's like, yeah, promote our shit for free, you know. And YouTube is like, yeah, we'll pay you for them streams or you know, get your streams up, da 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 da. 
and life is good. So next we have, but yeah, like remember that luxury goods and alcoholic beverages, right? That's the perfect combination. Get drunk, go buy some, go buy some fly shit, right? <laughs> and like, yeah, come on in, drink the alcohol, and then matter of fact, come in, drink the alcohol, and buy some, buy more fly stuff, right? You know, get your uh, suitcases and your coats and your sunglasses, all that fly stuff. So um, we have NGP ingredients, which is NGPI ticker. It was a, it's an established premium alcohol brands that sells vodka, gin, and whiskey. So I'm assuming like premium basically means that they just have different types of brands out there, almost like it's given like private label. So they probably got plenty of them out there. They all, <laughs> I ain't going to say that. I was say they all probably say the same, but you wouldn't know it because you never had all of them. Like, <laughs> and they probably in different markets too. So, yeah. Then we have Remy Cointre, and their ticker is RCO. They're a French family-owned company that includes Remy Martin and the botanist and et cetera. Then we have Boston Beer. The ticker is SAM. And this is this company is in Boston, Massachusetts. They focus on craft beer, hard cider, hard seltzer, Samuel Adams. Twisted Tea, Angry Orchard, and Truly Hard Seltzer, okay? And cider's going in right now. Like, they banging, so especially at Angry Orchard. So, yeah, shout out. And then Molson Coors. Y'all know Coors. Um, Molson of Canada and Coors of USA basically came together and made a nice um, merger. And so they are the second largest brewer by alcoholic beverage sales volume in the U.S. and fifth in the world. And their brands include Coors Light, Blue Moon, Crispin Cider, and some more. So that's the part where I'm like, well, if you're going to drink, then at least participate consciously and get your money back, right? Now, the other part is about the transfer of wealth. And I know a lot of people like, you know, you may have heard about, you know, wealth transfers, you know, and you may not have. But just the easy way to put it, a wealth transfer is basically when money either is going to someone else's pocket from consumer to producer or where it's actually coming back, you know, like there's a cycle. And so when that cycle occurs, it's actually heading back to the consumer's pocket in some type of way. More than likely, it's probably because they've upped their knowledge, you know, after their experiences and they trust that, you know, I think I can make a better choice. Right. So because wealth is not just going to be transferred to you just because, you know, not just off of winning the lottery or anything like that, but just having the knowledge from your experiences, making better choices and being in a position to, you know, just hold it down and 
receive. You never know. You might just be in the right place at the right time. Look at California. Right now, they are debating on providing reparations to California citizens that have lived there for more than 13 years, I think. Um, once you really read the guidelines of the reparations, you know, so it's really interesting. It's not just going to be just for anybody, right? So, um, again, do your own research. Um, so, yeah, so that's an easy way to look at the transfer of wealth. Basically, seeing money flying into someone else's pockets and hands and bank accounts. All right, so the other part is the selling of the lifestyle psychology, right? The rap song videos, you know, get drunk to consume just to make sure you are investing in some way. Like, like I just said, if at least if you're going to consume, then consume in a way where you are getting your money back in some type of way. You know, if you're buying a whole bunch of bottles and you're selling them, you be buying them wholesale, selling them retail because you're on a bar, that's a plus. You know, but I'm talking about just like the average person, you know, that may not even be thinking about it. But it's like, you know, it makes sense to, you know, find you a broker or, you know, learn from someone with some experience about investing, find you a ticker on the stock market or ETF fund or, you know, some type of fund or anything and say, you know what, I think I am going to invest in these companies. Or you can also invest. There are um, small startup companies as well, right? Black-owned wine companies, liquor companies, tequila, pour, um actually some that are actually holding portfolios and actually creating funds. Um, there was one company I found called Pronghorn. Um, they're black owned and their goal is to diversify the spirits industry by investing in black executives and entrepreneurs in a sustainable and scalable way, which, and that aligns with the industry and what has been mentioned regarding the jobs and exporting, you know, so you know, I think that's a pretty cool way to integrate yourself by actually creating and making that investment into uh, the smaller people, you know, because there are a lot of people who are in the industry, who are creating their own wines, who are creating their own liqueurs and um, creating their own brand in some type of way, tequilas, all that type of vodkas, all that stuff. And so um, the best way to um, diversify and get involved, you know, especially if you're a accredited investor, even if you're not, you can just always find out like, Hey, you know, do you, are y'all looking for investments or, you know, if you have a bar or something, some type of way where you're able, are you doing an event? You can partner up with one of these companies, you know, so that they can showcase their products. You know, it's all type of ways that this can be done. But if it's just easy for the regular person, first of all, you cannot buy alcohol. That's the first thing. And you can invest that money into something else. But we're going to just keep it realistic because everybody right now is not going to stop drinking alcohol. Okay. But shout out to everybody that's not because now there's a mock. Shout out to everybody that is because now there is the mocktail industry 
that is projected to be growing. It's still pretty small, but it's just the fact that they're popping up mocktail bars. They're doing more mocktails in bars. So instead of you having to look at the um, menu and it's just straight alcohol, like now they're actually creating menus where it's like, nah, we know, you know, you don't have to drink. We've all, we got some drinks here, mocktails, no alcohol, have fun with it, right? So those are just a few insights that I had. And that's really all I wanted to share today. I just wanted to bring that information um, to, you know, the awareness of anyone that just may not have known, right? This is just, you know, that's why it's leading while I'm learning. Like I'm learning something, so I'm going to share the information. It's Mind Shift Monday. And I wanted to make sure that someone is aware of how they could utilize, consciously be a part of the transfer of wealth in the alcohol and beverage industry. And also the unconscious ways that we're not aware that we're transferring our wealth via the lifestyle selling of these goods, right? I.e. going back to Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, luxury goods, okay? Like literally, and, and they know their market. They know who they're catering to, you know, the people who like the toast. And majority of the people that drink, in the research that I was looking at, majority of the people that drink alcohol um, are like, you know, they are, they do have higher incomes, right? So, you know, it just, I guess it just depends, you know, but for the most part, you know, if I hear another Casamingo song, <laughs> I was just like, I was looking for information on the company because I was going to at first just do it solely on Casamingos. And then I was like, nah, go bigger. Just do it on the industry. You know, so this is just a short presentation on the alcohol and beverage industry and the unconscious conscious transfer world. So from here, moving forward, Mind Shift Monday, all right, always a heart-based frequency and making sure that we exercise everything else. So why not exercise our mind and the way that we think and see things? And I really appreciate y'all for tuning in. If you're on a replay, appreciate you for locking in. And I will see you guys later. All right.